0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sunshine Speechy Podcast. This is your host, Nancy. Today, we will be talking about graduate school application process. As fair warning at the beginning of this episode, I would like to warn you that I have been told that I can be a little bit scary when it comes to the graduate preparation process. Um, So, you know, if you're completely overwhelmed by the end of this episode, Just know that you're on the right track, you are taking the steps you need to prepare, so take a deep breath, it will all be okay. Let's get into it. The first thing you should be doing when you're thinking about applying to speech language pathology graduate school is to check out ASHA's Ed Find. What is ASHA? For those of you who don't know, it's the American Speech Language and Hearing Association. You're gonna hear a lot more about it as you go into your career. Um, But basically, what their EdFind is, is a giant database filled with all of the different graduate schools that you can apply to. Um, They'll have all the information from how much funding they have for research to how much money they give out in scholarships, Um, and then the stuff that we really care about, like their acceptance rates, their class sizes, and what sort of parameters are their average um, figures. So... They'll have an average GPA of an of um, an accepted student, the average GRE score. Um, So those are kind of a good idea when you're thinking about the schools that you could realistically get accepted into. Um, It's also a great place to start when you're thinking about you know what is a good GRE score, what's a good GPA when applying because it's honestly kind of hard to figure out. With that being said, I did title this episode the perfect applicant in quotations because there is no perfect applicant. So if you're sitting there with a knot in your stomach about your GRE score or maybe your GPA, take a breath. Um, I'm not just saying this. Um, The way that schools look at graduate applications is very different from how they're going to look at undergraduate. Because undergraduate, if you think about it, there's probably a billion people applying um, so they really have to base things more on the numbers versus with speech-language pathology graduate schools, and I've heard this from several schools and several people, so I'm not just making this up, is that what really matters to them is creating a class that is made up of a bunch of really diverse individuals. And in that, I mean maybe someone who didn't have the greatest GPA but had amazing experiences, had great leadership another person who had a perfect GPA, um, maybe somebody who had a lot of research experience in an undergraduate, or they know a lot about the medical side of things. They really want to build a diverse portfolio of individuals who will let into their program. So don't be thinking that GRE and GPA are everything, because they're not. So when you're looking at what kind of resume a competitive applicant has, I like to emphasize four things. And those are research, extracurriculars, volunteering, and shadowing. So getting into it, research, you may or may not know the importance of this. You may be wondering, you know, I don't have any research experience. It's fine if you don't, but I highly recommend it. And I recommend it because a lot of schools love to emphasize that, they, um, that speech-language pathologists are clinical scientists. Um, and by what they mean by that is that basically all treatments that speech-language pathologists use are evidence-based. Um, they're not going to use something that hasn't been proven to work. So for them, research is a huge cornerstone of the profession. And a lot of times in graduate schools, they'll have research going on. They'll be researching different disorders, different treatment processes, um, the linguistics, and how they relate to the brain. Pretty much anything that you could think of. Um, So having research already on your resume is gonna show them that you have what it takes to participate in the research at their graduate level. Um, The second thing I talk about is extracurriculars. And I say that because of course it's important to be involved. Um, If you have NISHLA on your campus, I highly recommend getting involved in that. Um, Pretty much whatever you're passionate in, just make sure that you're involved. Um, I'll talk more about my experience in starting my student organization and all of that in a later episode. But however you can get involved is amazing. And of course, volunteering, all schools want to see that you give back, that you're interested in your community, um, that you're doing what you can to leave a good mark on the world, and then shadowing. So, shadowing for speech language pathology is a little bit different than, say, you know, PA school, OT, where you are, you need to get a huge amount of hours in order to be considered for graduate schools. With speech language pathology, it is only required by ASHA that you have 25 observation hours. Um, that is not very many. You could probably get that in a week. Um, And I'm not saying that's going to be the same for every school. Um, Some schools are going to require more. For me, all of my schools pretty much didn't require any coming in because they just assume that you'll do your 25 hours once you've started. Um, So the idea behind shadowing isn't exactly, you know, I need this many hours in order to get into graduate school. The idea is more of to show your passion for the field. So if you shadowed at four different places and got you know, 100, 200 hours, sorry, that was a little excessive, maybe 25, 50 hours, um, what you're showing these universities is that you're really interested in the career, you have a passion for it, um, and of course, I always urge people to shadow. Um, regardless of graduate school applications, because it gives you a really great idea of what you want to be as a speech-language pathologist and what you don't want to be. And a great example of that for me is I was telling everyone everywhere that I wanted to be an inpatient pediatric speech-language pathologist, so working in a hospital with children. Um, I've pretty much been telling everyone that. And I finally got the opportunity to shadow a couple, Um, a summer ago, and I found out that I did not like it at all. Um, Nothing against people who work in that, but basically when you're working in that environment, um, you know, you're working with children in a hospital who are extremely sick. Um, They are there for a reason, and so most of the time you're working with swallowing disorders. So all day long I was observing feeding therapy, which is really, really cool if you're super passionate about that, um, but it's not really my jam. I like working into problem solving and more, you know, the conversation side, the speech side, than, you know, the swallowing disorders. So I literally never would have known that if I hadn't gotten the opportunity to shadow. Um, and, of course, it's a really great way to make yourself more passionate about the field. I feel like shadowing speech-language pathologists, you just see the growth in the children and in the adults, whoever you're shadowing, um, it's, I mean, it's really amazing. Um, I recommend starting the graduate school application process as soon as possible. And by that, I don't necessarily mean starting to fill out those applications. I mean building your portfolio as an applicant. So, you know, getting those experiences, getting involved, finding shadowing opportunities. Whatever you can to build up your resume or your CV as much as possible. And if you're listening to this as a second semester junior, please do not panic. When I first started the application, you know, orientation kind of, I literally didn't even know that graduate schools required a resume, um, which is part of the reason I started this podcast so that other people wouldn't make my mistake, but pretty much through hard work and just finding as many opportunities as possible, I was able to turn my resume from, you know, babysitting occasionally into really a full-fledged CV that's, I think, three pages long um, and really just found a lot of great opportunities. So don't ever think that it's too late for you, even if you're just shadowing for a week. You know, I shadowed um, one place for a day just because I really wanted to see the what they were like, what it was going on there and you know you can still add that to your resume. Um, Another thing that a lot of people don't know about especially if they're an out of major applicant are the prerequisites required by ASHA for you to be accepted into graduate school. So those prerequisites include a physical science, statistics, and a social science or behavioral science. So physical science it has to be either chemistry or physics I would highly recommend physics because once you get into you know, hearing science or your audiology courses, it's gonna be really physics heavy. But I did not take that because I knew it was gonna be really, really hard. So I took chemistry. But don't make my mistake. Um, a statistics course um, and then a social science or behavioral science course. So that could be sociology, it could be psychology, it could be archaeology, really as long as it fits within the parameters of what they expect. Um, I'll get more into specific prerequisites required by different universities when I do my out-of-major episode, but just have that in mind. Those are going to be courses that you're required to take before um, applying to graduate school. So, Hopefully you have plenty of time left to take those courses if you are freaking out because they're all math and science based um, and you're like me and not super strong in those. um, I would recommend, you know, do whatever it takes. There is no shame. I took my statistics and my chemistry class over the summer at a community college just because I knew that it would be better at my speed. Um, and I just made sure that I could get those courses transferred to my institution. So you don't have to drop your GPA over it. Just, you know, do what it needs to take. Okay, hopefully none of this was too overwhelming and you kind of saw it coming, Um, but I really hope that it was helpful to some of you guys out there Um, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at sunshine speech and make sure to send me any of those questions that you want to get answered because I would love to help out anyone else who is struggling with their graduate process right now. So thank you so much for listening and stay tuned. Bye.